The Once and Future Nerd is independently produced. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support us, visit onceandfuturenerd.com support to find out how you can help. Listening to this show on an iOS device? Leave us a rating on iTunes, please. The Once and Future Nerd Book One, Princes of Jordan Chapter Nine, Darkness on the Edge of Town Episode Four Antonin Mooncrest, the one-time fiancé of the now-missing Arlene Redmore, was taking a late supper in his tent on the fields outside Castle Guernatal when he heard one of his pages call to him. Lord Antonin. Enter. Two boys in Mooncrest's colours entered the tent. What news? Lord Redmore has chosen the terms of your duel, my lord. You shall fight with daggers, my lord. Daggers? Only a brave man fights with daggers. I take this to mean Redmore has appointed a champion to fight in his stead. That is true, my lord. As I figured. Who will be Redmore's champion? <clears throat> that has not been publicly announced yet, my lord. Of course not. And when is combat to commence? Now, my lord. Antonin Mooncrest understood after a short moment, but that was one moment too many. The first page drew a dagger and jabbed it under Antonin's ribs. The second page thrust his blade towards Antonin's throat. With no time to draw his own knife, Mooncrest lifted his left hand into the path of the blade. The dagger plunged into the flesh of Antonin's hand, but at least his throat was intact. With his right hand, Antonin threw a blow at the first page's face, instantly breaking the boy's nose. He searched for a weapon and found his teapot boiling on some coals. He grabbed the pot and smashed it over the head of the page. With the boys stunned and reeling, Antonin Mooncrest took the opportunity to draw his own dagger. He just managed to dispatch his two assailants before collapsing to the ground. At the Horse's Head Inn, Madame Bailey's fine establishment on the Southern Plains, Arlene and Gwen were working their first shift. In the interest of secrecy, they were operating under the pseudonyms of Anna and Gail, respectively. Gwen, that is, Gail, had been serving food all her life and took to her new job instantaneously. All right, then, four aisles, mutton, mutton, pheasant, mince pie, and rice for the table. I could describe to you the food served by Madame Bailey's chefs, but quite frankly, that would be terribly boring. Honestly, I'm sure you've all eaten before. You understand the concept. There's absolutely no need to describe every dish being served. As Gwen distributed the food, a patron slid a handful of coins her way. These she crisply pocketed. Thank you, my good man. As Gwen turned to leave, a glowing from underneath the table caught her eye. Just as quick, she covertly slid her coins back out from her pocket and dropped them onto the floor below the table. Oh, curse my hands. Pardon me. In an instant, the coins and the small vial of glowing golden liquid were back in Gwen's pocket 
As she stood up, she heard a commotion coming from the other side of the tavern. Oh dear, are you all right? Gwen rushed across the room to where Arlene was standing, helpless and confused, next to a portly pub patron whose face had gone beet red and was clutching at his own throat. What's happened? I told her no pepper! You all heard me say to her no pepper! Oh, a little spice won't kill you. It gives me halves, you imbecile. Whatever is the matter, Mr. Rawls? Your moron of a wench brought me food with pepper. Oh, and what gives you the bloody right Quite to... Gail. Terribly sorry, Mr. Rawls. Your supper's on the house tonight, of course, as are your drinks. <clears throat> Service hasn't been this bad in years. Gentlemen, we'll have your food to you just as soon as we can, and we'll fill your cups even sooner. Anna, Gail, won't you help me in the kitchen? Now. Anna, what ingredients gaping arsehole are you doing out there? I'm sorry, Miss Bailey, there were just so many orders, and... She's trying so hard, Miss Bailey. I don't doubt it, but Mr. Rawls is my most loyal customer, and now he's covered in hives. How am I supposed to keep you on after that? What? No, please. I like a dairy, and I was happy to do Bryce a favour, but at the end of the day, we're talking about me livelihood. She just needs more time. It's all right, Gail. No, it isn't. Can't you have an art, Miss Bailey? Don't you dare presume to know me heart, lass. Think I'm all golds and silvers, do you? Well, I got kin I'm thinking about. I got one sister, makes the finest lady's armour in Armstrong Guard. Can't move a piece of it lately, cause suddenly everyone's up in arms if lady's armour shows a little leg. Why, why would armour need to show any leg? I got another sister, thrown out of house and home cause some mad little tart killed a sergeant of the guard right on her bloody doorstep. Everywhere I look, me kith and blood are falling on hard times, and they're all counting on me to keep things together. Do you expect me to do any less for me sisters than you're doing for each other? No, of course not, but... Then I need to stay in business. The two women hung their heads, defeated, until Gwen came upon an idea. Anna can sing, Miss Bailey. Gail, please be serious. You can. She has the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. I bet it's been a while since you had music in here. And is your singing supposed to cure Mr. Rawls of his hives? I can see you gals are young, not too wise in the ways of the world. We are plenty wise, don't you worry. I don't think so. If you were, you'd be asking yourself, how is it an old maid stays safe out here all by herself? I can't afford any armed men and I surely can't count on Bryce to be here. I stay safe because everyone who comes through likes being here and they like me. Someone has a few too many and acts a fool. Someone else will sort him out for me. But if the crowd ever sours on me, things could get very ugly. And I'm too old for any of that. This tale had the appropriate effect on Arlene and Gwen, as neither of them could meet Madame Bailey's eyes. Arlene began to silently cry, tears streaming down her cheeks. Ah, God's curse me, soft heart. I'll give you one more chance, and I'm mad for doing that. But one more incident like tonight and you're done. And I'll tear you down in front of everyone out there to save face. Because I'll have to. Understand? Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Miss Bailey. You won't regret it. Yes, I will. Now bring Mr. Rawls and his friends their drinks. Yes, Yes, Miss Bailey. Bailey. Back outside Castle Gwernatal, Julius Mooncrest, uncle to Antonin, had been sitting in council with his lieutenants. Antonin himself was hours late, 
extremely unusual for the man. Concerned, Julius and his men had then sought out Antonin's tent. They drew back the flap and discovered the gruesome remains of the earlier combat. The bodies of the two pages remained where they fell on the floor. However, each one's pockets were turned out, and their blood-stained coin purses spilled in front of the former owners. Julius bent down to inspect a coin and found the cruel visage of Ardell Redmore staring up at him from the silver. Enraged, he hurled the coin at the far wall of the tent. It was then that he noticed the smear of blood leading from the desk to the back of the tent and out underneath the far wall. Back at Bailey's Inn, the atmosphere was once again jovial, as it often is when alcohol is served to mortals. The room was full of conversation. So then she says, what do you think I am? The fucking queen? <laughs> wait, wait, have you heard about this orc, this priestess and this big fan? The tavern patron, gesturing wildly to demonstrate this joke, knocked an entire tray of food and drink out of Arlene's hands. Oh, goodness, I'm so terribly sorry. Hey, why don't you watch where you're going? Yes, of course, I will. Oh, God. Gwen rushed from across the room to intervene. Gail, I don't know what happened, I was just... It's all right, I'll clean this up. You go and... Oi, I've been waiting on me sweets for near to half an hour. They'll be right out, Mr. Rawls. Anna, could you please go to the kitchen and fetch... Wait a bloody, ruddy minute. It's my food what was dropped on the floor. I should get mine first. I ordered mine first. We'll serve you both very soon. This patron's issue, however, was less with the quality of service and more with the aforementioned Mr. Rawls. The two were up from their seats and shouting at each other's faces in a flash. Listen, you rich bastard. I've been coming here as long as you have. Except <laughs> I order more than grog and rice. You common whore's whelp. Gentlemen, let's all cool our tongues. Common? And what are you? He thinks just because he owns a lumber mill, he's a lord or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your right. blood's as common as mine, you up-jumped cockpox. I'll show you common blood. In the blink of an eye, Baby's common room went from jovial dining to an all-out tavern ball. Fists were flying, flagons of ale were smashed over skulls, and chaos generally raged. In a clever tactic, someone tossed a bowl of pepper at Mr. Rawls's face. <laughs> I'll eat your spleen, you scum! Oh, Galadin's good grace. Anna, God damn it! I should have had more sense than to trust your worthless hoid. Arlene's eyes were closed tight as she began to sing. There were two sisters by the sea, maidens fair as fair can be. The younger's voice was the purest but none, the elder's bright as candle in the sun. Had anyone been paying attention, they would have seen the world shift and shimmer almost imperceptibly. As her song gained in strength, some heads began to turn. To town one day there 
An eerie stillness coated the room. So she called out, sister, come with me. Let's go walking by the sea. And the waves did thrash, and the wind did churn, and only the elder did return. Returned alone, returned The room was filled with applause. The cause of the brawl, all but forgotten. Of course, Mr. Rawls's face was still swelling like an overripe melon from the pepper. It would take much more than a song to cure that. Even so, his anger was no longer quite as sharp as it had been. Gwen looked on with pride and not a little surprise. For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira and directed by Christian Madeira. It is performed by Rhiannon Angel, Garrett Norman, Dan Dobransky, Lily Drexler, Anya Gibeon, Ian Harkins, All Notice, Frank Cuervas, Julie Reed, Gregory M. Schultz. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. Alex Story is an associate producer. The Once and Future Nerd is recorded by Brian Forbes at the Gallery Recording Studio in Brooklyn, New York, with additional audio engineering by Sam Palumbo. Foley sound design and mixing is done by Sandra Ramirez. This episode was edited by Josh Perot. Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Additional music by Christopher Montalbo. Thanks for downloading.